for this afternoon and we're going to continue with the theme our series on kingdom living and what I want to share with uh, with you all this afternoon is I want to speak about the principle of discipline living a disciplined life because how many know that in order for us to achieve our goal in order for us to be the people that God has called us to be, we have to have a degree of discipline in our lives. Amen? Amen. And there are two forms of discipline that I want to share with you this afternoon. And the first one is the kind of discipline imposed by God through difficult times. Secondly, the kind of discipline we impose on ourselves, the challenges that comes with them, but also how we can overcome these challenges and emerge out of them into the spiritual champions that he has called us to be. If you want to turn your Bibles uh, to Hebrews 12, and we're going to read from chapter 12, verse 1 to 2, and then we're going to move and jump down to 5 to 12. So just bear with me, it's just a a, 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 a portion of scripture that I really want to um, read and I'm going to be reading from the, the New Living Translation this afternoon. So when you have got your scripture open, those of you that have your Bibles with you today, say Amen. 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 And the word of God reads, therefore since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endures the cross regarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God, God's throne. If you want to turn to verse 5. And have you forgotten the encouraging words God spoke to you as his children? He said, my child, don't make light of the, the Lord's discipline and don't give up when he corrects you. For the Lord disciplines those he loves and he punishes each one he, who each one he accepts as his child. As you endure this divine discipline, remember that God is treating you as his own children. Whoever heard of a child who never disciplined, who never disciplined by his father? If God doesn't discipline you as he does all of his children, it means that you are illegitimate and are not really his children at all. Since we respect our earthly fathers who discipline us, Shouldn't we summit, submit even more to the discipline of the Father of our spirit and live forever? For our earthly father disciplines us for a few years during the best they know knew how. But God disciplines, discipline is always good for us so that we might share in his holiness. No discipline is enjoyable while it is happening. It's painful, but afterwards there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained this way. 
verse 12. So take a new grip with your tired hands and strengthen your weak knees. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you, Lord God, again for your Son and for your Holy Spirit in this place. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word, Father God, and we ask, Lord, that it will come forth this afternoon with clarity and simplicity that even children could understand. Father, we pray, Lord God, that you will, Father, speak to our hearts and that you would direct us and you would determine, Father, your will, your outcome, what it is that you desire for us to know and to learn, Father, and to apply to our lives, our, our daily living, Father. And so, God, we commit, Father, this whole entire service into your hands. We bless you, we love you, and we give you the praise and the glory and all the saints of God say, Amen. 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 So, um, the Word of God teaches us valuable lessons and aligns us with his Word his will in through, through our lives, its troubles and all of its, its successes. He establishes and displays his authority in our lives through our pain, which eventually moves us into obedience. Discipline is God's principle used to turn his people from ungodly living towards kingdom living. The word discipline is defined as the practice of training people to obey rules or code of behavior. Many times God uses our most challenging times to bring about obedience and to correct disobedience. When we go through difficult times, church, we experience so many different feelings and emotions. But what makes it more difficult and more painful for us is when we don't understand and we don't know what to do. Do you know that stress is not brought on by problems? Stress is not brought on us by problems. It's the not knowing how to resolve the problem that brings on stress. When we go through stressful times, when we don't know what it is that we need to do, it's because we don't know how to resolve it. And that's what throws us into a state of panic. It throws us into a state of worry. And we become concerned about how that particular situation is going to be resolved in our lives. Or whatever it is that we're believing God for. But how many know that God says in these words that he will perfect everything that is a concern to us. And it's in those times that God shows up. He shows up in the midnight hour. He shows up when we think that there is no hope. When nothing is going to change in our situation. That's when God shows up. He waits until we exhaust every avenue. And when we are done and at our lowest place, because sometimes we can really get into a place where we feel really low. And when we get into that place and we're weak and vulnerable, because we become weak and we become very, very vulnerable and in many cases for many people become very confused. That's when his grace, his strength and his love is most felt. That is the time when we can identify
justify God's love. Because when we're busy and things are going good for us, we're not as attentive to God as we are when we're going through difficult times. And so God, the perfecter of our faith, knows how to get us to a place. He waits patiently at the appointed time when he knows that we're going to come to a place where we have exhausted every avenue. God gives us his grace daily, church, but it is most felt and noticed by us when we are at our lowest point. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 10, 11, the word of God says, in his kindness, God called you to share in his eternal glory by means of Christ Jesus. So after you have suffered, turn to your neighbor and say, after you have suffered a little while, he will restore, support, and strengthen you. And he will place you on a firm foundation. All power to him forever. God filters the events of our life through his sovereign fingers so that we might become more and more like his son, Jesus Christ. Because this is what God's intention is for us. He has made us in his image. And he has made each and every one of us uniquely. There is no other person like you. There is no one like me. People say to me, oh, I think I, I have met you somewhere before. No, you have not met me. You might have met somebody that may look like me, but there is only one of me. And before, I couldn't tell myself that. But because I know who I am in Christ, I could stand boldly and say, no, there is only one of me. There is only one Pauline, as there is only one Gertie. There is no other like you. You have been uniquely made and formed. God knows every strand in your hair as he does mine. And he allows us to go through these events in our lives. He allows things to happen. Because there are many times we say, why is this happening to us? Why is things going on and why is it happening this way, in this particular way? And we wonder why we don't get any answers. Because God wants us to come to him. He don't want us to lean on our own understanding and we're good at that. We're good at leaning on our understanding. We're good at trying to make things happen. We're good at trying to fix things. We're good at, at pushing the Holy Spirit out the way and trying to work it all out ourselves. And it's only when we, we, when we uh, uh, exhaust every avenue that we can think of, when we've done everything that we can do, that's when we look to God. But the Lord says that's okay. It's okay because this is what I wanted. He wants to shape us and he wants to mold us so that we can be more like his son, Jesus Christ. Amen? As we know that 
Jesus suffered a criminal's death. Those of us that know our Bibles and read our Bibles, we would know that Jesus died on the cross for us, for our sins. He bared the brutality of man so that we can have life. And we can only imagine what he actually went through. We know that he went and he walked up the hill on his way to Calvary and he he was whipped and he was nailed to the cross. But Jesus suffered so much more before that moment came. And he went through those things for us. He went through those things so that we can be here today. So that we can have opportunity of a new life, a new life in the kingdom. If you want to turn your Bibles to Philippians chapter 2, and we're going to read from verse 6. The death of Jesus, just bear with me, let me just get my bearings here. As you can see, I'll come and quit today. <laughs> I'll come and quit. Right. Okay, so verse 2, uh, chapter 6, chapter 2, verse 6. And the word of God reads like this. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. So in order to fulfill the prophecy, he came to a place of obedience. And in it, Jesus was able to bring hope, redemption, and salvation to a broken world. We've we got a lot to be thankful for. We really have a lot to be thankful for, but sometimes we don't, we don't know the magnitude. We don't really understand the magnitude of what Jesus Christ done for us. We say we love the Lord, but we, many a times, we, we, we as people, we take him for granted. And the things that God is doing in our lives, he's doing it because he wants us to be better people. Yeah. He wants to be, us to be people that live as he has purposed us to live. But as we have, have, have walked this earth and, 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 and lived life in this world, we've picked up some dirty ways and habits and mindsets and beliefs and attitudes and behaviors. These things have been rubbed off on us as we move forward in life. But God wants to bring change and transformation. 
And the only way that God can do that is through disciplining us. Because there's no other way for us, for him to do it. And he wants us to come to him willingly. That we call upon the name of Jesus Christ. We call upon our helper because we really believe inside of us that he is our only hope. Your obedience will not only save you, church, but it will save others. As Jesus Christ went to the cross for us, he was an example for us. And as he did what he did, he brought life to many. We have become his children. We've inherited what he has given over to us through his death. Paul told Timothy to endure hardship, Timothy. Endure hardship like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. 2 Timothy 2, 3. Endure actually means patience. When we're enduring, it actually means that we're, we're to stand up. When we go through hardship, and half, hardship is severe suffering. Hardship is when we're going through some severe, some real trials. Stuff that we cannot work out ourselves. Things, stuff that we know that we need help with. Yeah. But Paul told, he said to Timothy, endure it. Endure hardship. That means stand up in it. Be strong in it. Fight the good fight of faith. This is what the word of God is telling us. That when we are going through trials, because trials will come. But we know that James had said that we are to count it all joy. And why? Because it's in those times that God is able to discipline us. It's in those times that God is able to bring fruit out of our lives. Fruit that will last. And so Paul was not just saying, because Paul was an example himself. He had gone through many testing times and stood. And stood by faith and continued to do what God had purposed him to do. So now Timothy was going on and moving on to his ministry. He was encouraging him and saying that you need to stand up in it. No matter what comes your way, no matter what storms, no matter what people might say about you. You be strong and be courageous. And stand in faith like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. And this is what God is saying to us. Sometimes we live life and we live life timidly. Like, you know, uh, we, 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 uh, God knows that we're frail. And that's why he's very, very sensitive with us. He knows that we are frail. And this is why he's building us up because sometimes we, we go through stuff and we murmur, we complain, we moan and we have an attitude about things. And what's that saying? It's saying that, so what? Are you calling, are we calling God a liar? When we murmur and we complain, we're basically telling God that your word ain't true. Are we, are we saying that you're a liar? What he's saying is that when it comes, because it's going to come, and it's going to keep coming, 
it's not going to stop. And this is why we have to position ourselves, church, in a place of authority. We've got to know who we are in Christ, to stand strong and firm, that as when these things come at us, we can stand the testing of that time. And God will produce and harvest in our lives. He also told him to protect. He, Paul also told Timothy to protect what he has learned. To guard the good deposit entrusted to him with the help of the Holy Spirit. 2 Timothy chapter 1, 14. He told him to guard the deposit. We learn things. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God when we come and we we, we hear the man and the woman of God preach the word of God and, and we're to be attentive and to hear the Holy Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will give us understanding if we ask for it. Because the Bible says if we ask for anything that we need according to his will, he will be given to us. He will grant it to us. We only have to ask for it. And so faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So we, as a people, need to be attentive to the word of God. Because it's the word of God that's going to keep us. It's the word of God that's going to change us, transform us. It's the word of God that will heal us. It's the word of God that will feed our minds. Because the battle that we fight on a daily basis is in our minds. It starts here. And this is why it's important, church, that we have to guard and protect what has been given to us. Paul knew exactly what he was saying to Timothy because he knew that Timothy was going to come against obstacles. There were going to be people that would come up against him because Timothy was a young pastor and he was passing a church where there were older people. And he wouldn't necessarily know how to handle them. But Paul was saying, no, you've got to Stand up in it and know the person that you are and who I have, who God has called you to be. And no matter what storms and hardship you may face, I am God. But sometimes, church, sometimes, not every time. Sometimes, and a lot of the time, we struggle with God's discipline. We, we, let's get, I struggle with God's discipline. Because I want things to happen. And I want it to happen now. I want it. I see it. I visualize it. And I want it. That's just how we are. And so there are times when we struggle with God's discipline. Depending on your level of maturity or what season you may be in, it will determine how well you and I deal with hardship. Depending on the level of our maturity will determine how well we deal with hardship. And it would also determine what season. Because sometimes we're in good seasons. 
and we will find ourselves in good seasons and everything's going really well. And this is when we be we feel like we've you know we've arrived, we've got it together, you know, we're you know, we're soldiering on, this is happening. And we're in a good season and, and we're we're experiencing the blessings of God. And this is when we put our guard down. These are the times when we drop our guard. When things are going well and we're jumping up and we're praising God. But we are, as a church, as a people, we are to remain disciplined at all times. To remain in the position, in a place of humility at all times. We have to be a people that is ready in and out of season for whatever is going to come our way. Trials will test your spiritual infrastructure. It will test the size of your spiritual capacity to see if you can withstand the wave of the pressure that's going to come. God will even create. You may not know this, but I'm going to tell you anyway. God would even create problems for you and I in order to build our character. He would actually make things happen. In Exodus 7, you don't have to turn in, Exodus chapter 7, verse 3 to 4, God, it, 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 it talked about how God hardened Pharaoh's heart. He said he was going to harden Pharaoh's heart. So that when Moses went to him, he wouldn't listen to him. And those of us that have read the book of uh, Exodus and read the story of Moses, you would know that Moses, he felt inadequate. He even said that, you know what, God, I can't do this because I can't speak. I stutter. And he tried every which way to get out of it, to go to Pharaoh. And you can imagine how intimidating it was for him. Because this sometimes it's easy to approach strangers about something rather than approaching our family. I find it easier to speak, to talk about the gospel of truth to strangers than I do to my family. And why is that? Because your family knows everything about you. When we're speaking to a stranger, they don't know everything about us, but our families know everything. And so when we approach our families and we want to minister them at the gospel of truth into their life, we have to first be an example. They are not going to listen to somebody that is not disciplined. They're not going to listen to somebody that cannot prove that there is a God. God 
aloud and was saying to Moses, go to Pharaoh and tell him to let my people go. It was on the 10th, the Bible says, it was on the 10th attempt. There was 10 plagues that came. 10 plagues. God had to launch out 10 plagues before Pharaoh listened. This is how stubborn the man was. But every time he's sending Moses back to him, and we know that the character of Moses, Moses didn't have much patience. He was, if anything, he was quite an ignorant person at times. He didn't have much patience. And we see that the, the children of Israel frustrated him many times. And so God allowed him to go through this because God was doing it for a purpose because he wanted to build character. He wanted to develop, he wanted to develop character in Moses, amongst other things, and confidence. He wanted to build confidence in him. That you gotta know that I have your back, I have your right, I have your side, I have already gone before you, Moses. I have already gone before you, church. So even though Moses wrestled against God, there came a time that he, he, he yielded. And church, we're going to yield one way or another. Amen, amen. Because this is how God disciplines us. We will yield. So it's best for us to, to yield and humble ourselves ourselves. We don't want God to do it. I promise you, you don't want God to humble you. I've been in that place where I, I, I stood up and I've had my attitude and I want to like stand up in God's, you know, you know, sometimes when you, you know, you're, you're growing up and you have your parents and you think that you're bad and your parents are saying certain things and they pull out the bell and, and you're you standing up there and you're, you're not even blinking your eye and your parents are saying to you if you teach your bad woman in here that's how sometimes we can be with God I've been like that we, we, can, we can be but then God just says alright okay you have it do it your way but it won't be before long that we come running with our tails between our legs. Because he will humble us. When we struggle with doing the right thing, the Bible says that God gives us more grace. Because we, we, we struggle with the discipline, church. We, we struggle with it at times. But his grace is sufficient. He will pour out more and more grace as we need it, as we humble ourselves. He says he opposes the proud, but it gives grace to the humble, James 4, 6. But sometimes, church, we can become puffed up, especially in those times, pride puffs up. In those times when, you know, we, we're going through a good season, 
we can puff ourselves up. And God has to humble us. But it's better for us to yield ourselves before him. And let him have his way. Because he is doing it for our good, church. And then there is self-discipline. Self-discipline is a, a self-imposed standard for the sake of, higher, of a higher goal. So we have the, the, the discipline that God imposes on, on us. And God will normally do this through our suffering. That's what, how he disciplines us. Discipline is basically suffering. When we go through stuff, this is how God disciplines his children. But we also have self-discipline, where this is imposed an imposed standard that we put on ourselves for the sake of a higher goal. So in the beginning, normally, because God does this all the time, but normally when we, when, we, when we just come to Christ and we get saved, and before we get saved, we go through all these stuff and we go around, around, around the circuit, up the hill, down again, we, we do the dance, we sing the song, we do all kinds of things until God brings us to that place and he brings us back around again from where we started and sometimes we don't get it and then we've got to go back around, up the hill, down again, go around the corner, come back to the same place and we don't get it again and then God still has to do the same process, take us around, around, up the hill and back again and we end up, it comes to a place because God don't get tired. We get tired. But he don't get tired. So he's happy for us. You go round and round, up and down and round the corner and come back. Because I'm going to bring you back around again to the same place until you hear my voice and you yield to it. So this is the discipline of God that we get. And that's, we feel it more. This is what has brought many of us to Christ. Because we exhausted every avenue. And we couldn't do it anymore. And we became tired. And that's how many of us made that decision to give our lives to Christ. But the discipline doesn't stop there. It doesn't stop. It continues on. And so that God can mold us and shape us and, and, and renew us and transform us and heal us. Because sometimes we're going through stuff and, and, and we've gone through stuff and we need healing. We need healing. We, we, we want to go into the next phase of our lives uh, with the Lord, but we wonder why we can't go to that next phase. Because God hasn't dealt with something in our life and many things in our life in our past in that particular phase. And God wants to move us on, but until we yield to that certain thing, he's not going to be able to do what he wants to do now in order to take us to the next phase. So the discipline is always continuing it happening with the Lord so that he can bring about the, the, the results that he wants to bring about in our lives so that we begin to turn away from the things of the world and begin to walk in godly living. Applying spiritual discipline to our life 
equips us. So we have the discipline of God, but then we have to be responsible and take responsibility for our own growth. We've got to invest in our own lives. We can't expect other people to do it for us. You cannot come to church every week, week after week, and hear the word of God come across this pulpit. And don't go home and rewind that recording or go to the scriptures that have been spoken. Because I know in the past what I've done, there's been times when I've heard the word of God and God has said something to me at that particular time. And then I've listened to the word again in the middle of a week and God has spoken to me in a different way. It is important that we apply self-discipline also to our living because it equips us in the faith and it enhances growth. It increases growth. Not only God is bringing growth and maturing us daily as he disciplines us in the things that we go through. As we, we apply self-discipline to our own personal lives, it will equip us and it will build us in our faith and enhance growth in our lives. It will have its challenges because we have to take time out. We've got to take time out to say, you know what? I want to make a conscious decision in my life to, uh, to get here. I don't want to be the same six months down the line. So if you have something in mind to say that, you know what, I'm here today, but six months down the road, I want to be here. We as individuals have to make a conscious decision to say, you know what, well, I'm going to have to do what it is that I need to do to get from A to B. That means it may be that I have to get up a little bit early in the morning and pray and seek the face of God. It may be that I have to take a little more time out of my schedule on a daily basis I begin to read the word, but not read the word, just read the word. Study the word of God. Know what it's saying to you for yourself. And allow the word to be ingrained in us, because it has to be. When you hear people speak the word of God with passion and fire, it's because of the word of God has gone deep down inside of them. It is ingrained and enrooted. In their lives, and it's that what keeps us standing Amen. through the testing times, church. And I am preaching like this because I believe it is time. There's too many winning in Christians that call themselves Christians and men and women of God, but not living a kingdom life. We've got to change the way we think. It comes with its challenges. We'd have to take more time. We've got to make ourselves uncomfortable at times, put ourselves in uncomfortable positions in order to see growth happen in our lives. And it's with commitment and consistency that you will develop the endurance needed for longevity as we follow Christ. We have seen so many people 
men and women of God and young people fall away from the faith. They have fallen away from the faith for many reasons. Some rebel against God. Some backslide. Some just cannot endure the hardship that's coming their way. And they turn their backs on God for different reasons. But God wants to build endurance. You know that endurance is, is one of the fruits. It's one of the fruits of, of the spirit. He wants us to be solid people that we're standing on the firm foundation of God's word. And that when things happen in life that we can endure through it. We can, we're not, we're not going to actually glide through it. But we endure it as it's happening. And persevere. Paul says, in uh, 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27, it says this, I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, if, otherwise I fear that after preaching to others, I, might, I myself might be disqualified. So Paul was saying that he trains himself. He's got to discipline himself. He opposes the self-discipline on his own personal life. To enhance growth in his life. So that he can finish the race. The course that is before him. The road that he has to go down that God has called him to. He had a focus. All of us start all of us start off on milk. As a baby, when a baby's born, we either give them the breast milk or we give them bottle milk, but they start on milk. Because they're only small. And when we come to, come to Christ, we're small. We're very small. We're small and we're fragile. We're babies. And this is how we come to Christ. We come to, to, to Christ as babies. And we need to be fed. We need to learn. We need all the things and all the nourishment that the word of God is able to give us so that we can begin to grow healthily. So we all start on milk. But when we're not to remain on milk. God doesn't want us to stay on milk, church. There comes a time in our life that no more milk. Same way we say to my son when he was when he was little, with Shannon, right? And I, I'm gonna. She's alright. When Shannon was little, right? I tell you how my kids are different. She's very independent. They both are. But when she was little, Shannon was just like this little thing. Probably about two or whatever. And she's been like... But you see when I used to open the front door? This girl's gone. We're going out. She's got a coat on. And by the time we step out, she's already around the corner. So you're running and you're saying, Shannon. And as she's running, 
down the road, she's there laughing. So she was showing real signs of independency at a real young age. So she would get up and she would go outside and she would start walking down the road. With Leon now, different story. You see how big my son is? With, with, with Leon now, Leon was very, very, he was a mummy's boy. But he had his dummy for a long time. Leon was three years old and he didn't want to walk. We'd be saying, all right, Lee, we're going out now. He'll kill me if he hears this. He'd say, all right, I say, Leon, all right, we're going out now. And before I can get my keys and whatnot, Leon's all in the pushchair, strap up, <laughs> and everything. Remember, Shannon, she don't want no pushchair. She wants to walk. He's all strap up in the pushchair, ready to go. You're three years old, it's time you walk now, boy. But this is how he was, and, it, and the way I got rid of the dummy, right? This boy would eat the dummy till it chew up, and he's still eating, he's still sucking the dummy. So what I did was, I said, all right, I've got to get this guy off the dummy, I have to do it. So I bought a new one, a fresh one, nice and fresh. I said, here, son, here's a nice one, Liam. <laughs> Feeling his dummy. When that one, but little did he know that that would be his last. So, when he finished chewing up the dummy now, the dummy was all torn and everything. And what happened, I didn't have to take it away from him. He ended up throwing that dummy away himself. So I said that to say this, that sometimes we, 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 start, we all start off on milk. But there's a, there comes a time, because I know, I know for me, and I'm, I'm sure with yourself, that there are times where you, you get to a place where you stagnate and you think, you know what, I want more. There's something else that needs to happen. There's more. That's the time when we know that it's time to come off the milk. It's time to start maturing. It's start, time to start having solid food. There are some of us that are still on milk, and it's time to come off of that milk now and Start chewing on some solid food. Some solid food. And God wants us to, not only that he's going to discipline us, but he wants us to come to a place where we say, you know what, it's time for me to move on. It's time for me to get to the next phase in my life. It's time for me to mature. But it cannot come from anyone else. It has to come from within. It has to come from ourselves. You've got to speak that into your life. If you want to see things change in your life, if you want to see things change in your family, if you want to see your future, ahead of you, then you've got to say, you've got to take personal responsibility and say, yes, I'm going to invest in my life. I'm going to do what is necessary to be done to get to the next phase of my walk with Christ. Give God some praise. In Hebrews 5, Chapter 5, 14, the word of God says, Solid food is for those who are mature, who through training have skill, who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. So when you come to a place of maturity, you cannot say that you don't know certain things. 
glorious. And as they say back in the world, God will give us a squeeze. When we don't know certain things. But we, once we know, we know. We cannot say, we don't know. We know right from wrong. And so, it's that time when we know that we're going to be expanding our spiritual capacity. Because there are things that we may go through in life and we wonder why we keep going back to the same thing and, and, and things don't change. Because our, our spiritual capacity is, is the same. We need to stretch that. We, we need to stretch it, stretch our capacity, work our spiritual muscles so we'll grow and, and become strong and we'll be able to be able to intake more and hold more inside of us. Fill up, prepare for the season that hasn't yet come but it's going to. There are two principles of God that has helped me and is still helping me today, church. Still helping me. And I commit these, uh, commit these things and apply them, these disciplines to my life as I'm pursuing the goals that God has placed in my heart. Um, number one, one of them is vision. We gotta have vision for our lives. When, when God is, when God is, 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 is doing, because this journey is, it's not for the swift. We, we gotta have stamina. Because we don't know when it's going, it's going to, we know it's gonna end, but we don't know when. We gotta have stamina, and this is what Paul was saying about you know training. He has to train his body. We gotta train ourselves, church, because we we gotta have we gotta we gotta have stamina to be able to to uh, to uh, walk out this course in life. And having vision, and vision doesn't have to be because sometimes you hear it. You you hear people say, okay, vision to have a ministry, vision to do to do uh, you know establish your own business. The vision could be anything. The vision can be growth. And for many of us, for all of us, as a matter of fact, if nothing else, we should have a vision to grow. If nothing else, we should have a vision to grow in Christ and become everything that God has purposed us to be. Not everybody is called to do the same thing. So you, we may be, you, you may sit on your chair and you may think that, you know what, you know, Pastor Pauline's up here preaching and, you know, she's been ordained a, a, a pastor and I'm here and I don't know what to do. Find what God has for you. It may not be behind the pulpit. It may be on the streets. It may be in the workplace. It may even just be in your home. But find it and work at it and be the best that you can be at what God has called you to do. Not taking it for granted, and that's what we do at times. We take things for granted. When I came to, 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 to church, 
first came to the price, I, I, all I wanted, I was in so much pain. I was going through so much. All I wanted, I was like, Lord, all I want is just some peace. That's all I want. I don't want anything else. I didn't ask to be this. I didn't ask to do what I'm doing. But I thank God because it is a privilege that God looked at somebody like me that had, with all their flaws, their behaviors and attitude, and I'm still working on them, but God looked at me and said, you know what? I can use you. I want to put my anointing on your life. And I'm going to use you. And you know what? Because of your heart, you're going to reach others. You're going to touch lives. You're going to speak into people's lives. You're going to make a difference. And that's what brings me satisfaction. I may not be where I want to be, but I thank God I'm not where I used to be. And I thank God I'm not who I used to be. And I may not be doing all the things that I want to do, or may even thought that was going to happen, all the plans that I had in my own mind and my own desires that never come to pass. They didn't happen for me at the time when I felt that they would happen. Things happened for me completely different than how I imagined. But because I made a decision in my heart that no matter what's going to happen, I'm going to serve you, Lord. I'm going to follow you, Christ. I'm going to yield as difficult. And, and please bear with me if I murmur at times and complain. But help me by your grace to get to where I need to get to. And that's what it is sometimes. But God wants us, if only we, 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 we touch one person's life, we have served the purpose. So we've got to keep the disciplines. And it helps us when we have vision. Even if it's vision for our children. It's a vision because then it will position us to do what it is, hopefully, that we need to do to see that vision come to pass in our children's life. We cannot expect to see our children become spiritual champions or achieve the goal that you are believing for in their lives, that God has planned for their lives. If we don't position ourselves and we don't, ex we don't show ourselves to be examples to our children, we cannot expect others to change, but we don't change. We can't. Jesus showed himself worthy to be followed. He is the example for us to follow because he went through everything. He experienced everything in life, but still went to the cross. Not my will, but your will be done, Father. Vision helps us to remain focused. So even sometimes we, 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 we wander, we have a vision and we wander away and we, you know, we, 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 we walk and we drift away because we do that, we drift. 
Because there are times and there, there, there are weeks that we are on top of the world and we're praising, we're lifting up our hands and we're smiling and all is good. But then you come to church the following week and we think, what the hell has happened in the week? Because how you were last week is not how you are this week. But what's changed in God's word? What's changed? Nothing. But sometimes we lose focus and we lose, we, 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 we drift away from the, the, the vision that God has given us, the, the focus of the upward call of God upon our lives. And when we lose focus, it weakens us, church. As individuals, we become weak. That's why the Bible says that without vision, the people perish. Because they have no direction. They have no focus. This is why vision is important. We have to have vision for ourselves. And then secondly is consistency. This is one of God's principles that I love. Consistency. And this is another struggle that we have. And, and we can only become consistent with something when we begin to grow and mature in the things of God. Consistency, let me tell you what consistency does. It actually breaks through. Not breakthrough, breaks through. That's what consistency does. When we are consistent with something, and we keep, we're not seeing no results, but we keep on it because we believe. We believe that God has gone before us. If you have a vision on your heart and you believe it is from God, but you're, not, you're, you're on it and you're doing what you're going to do, but you're not seeing no results, we've got to keep consistent. Consistency breaks through. When Joshua, when, when God told Joshua to round up the army, and it was the army, and also the priests, and, and, and they carried the Ark of the Covenant with them, and he told him to go around the wall the seven times. Seven times he went, he went, he told him to go around the wall of Jericho, because he already said that I have given you Jericho. He'd already given them the promise and said, I've given you Jericho already. So therefore, no matter what you see before you, you've got to keep pacing around that wall. The seven times I've told you to go around there. But sometimes, church, sometimes we start things, but we don't finish it. Sometimes we start things and we get willy-nilly with it. We start things and we're not consistent because we either get fed up, we lose focus, or we drift away from it. Or because it's not happening for us, we stop doing it and we start getting complacent. And this is when we don't see the breakthrough. We don't get the breakthrough. But what did they do? They had the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant carried the tablets of the Ten, the ten, ten Commandments of God and the promise of God. It was the testimony that they carried. They had it with them as they carried, walked around and marched around the Jericho. They carried the promises of God with them that God was not going to fail them. But as they go around that wall and they go around that wall and they go 
We've got to stay consistent. You might be praying for your family. There might be somebody that may be sick. It doesn't matter what the situation is, who you're believing for. You've got to be consistent in your disciplines. Remain an example. Keep your position. Stand firm. And eventually, you will get the breakthrough. But it may not be the way that you may see it coming. I'm coming down to a close now. If you want to stand, everything, when we begin to apply the disciplines of God in our lives, church, we allow God to oppose and shape us with what he's doing in our lives. When we yield and humble ourselves, things begin to change. It begins to change. We start receiving the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. And most of all, we begin to feel the love of God in that humility. Life doesn't give us any warning church it just happens life just happens to us things in life don't happen we it doesn't warn us but we can be ready for it in every season and we've got to know that but when it comes you must know that God loves you. He disciplines us, church, but not without good reason. There is no discipline that is enjoyable at the time when it's happening. But the fruit, the fruit that comes from it is priceless. It's priceless. You can't buy it. You can't purchase it anywhere. When we endure hardship as good soldiers and we apply and allow God to discipline us and apply those disciplines in our lives on a daily basis, we will reap a harvest that will take us into the next phase the next dimension of our walk in Christ. Proverbs 3, 12 says, For the Lord corrects those he loves, just as a father corrects a child in whom he delights. Living a disciplined life is a lifetime goal. We don't ease up on it. At no time do we ease up on disciplining ourselves. It is a lifetime goal. It's something every day that we have to be putting into practice in order for us to grow, in order for us to flourish. It is 
not one that is easily achieved. Suffering is discipline. That's what suffering is. It's discipline. God said he will work all things together for our good. For those that are called according to his purpose that love him. Church, we're not to grow weary. Don't grow weary in doing good. There are times when I grow tired. And there are times, believe it or not, I say, Lord, I don't want to do this. It's too hard. It's too much. But I remind myself of what the Word of God tells me. Do not grow weary. For at the pointed time, at the right time, Pauline, just stay in me. Position yourself. Look to me because I am the one that will perfect your faith. And in that time, in that season, you will reap a harvest. I'm going to finish with this. I was reading an article, and the article said a novice once asked the great Michelangelo how he how he sculptured such a beautiful statue. Pointing at an angel he had just chiseled out of marble, Michelangelo said, I saw the angel in the marble, so I chiseled until I set it free. Amen. Yes, Lord. He saw the vision before him. And as he's chiseling and chiseling and chiseling away, he kept that vision before him. He saw it and he put the chisel to the marble and he was shaping it and chiseling it out. And as he was doing so, he chiseled it out and set it free. That's you and I, church. God is chiseling us because he wants to set us free. Just lift up your hands all over this place. Father, you know what we need. You know how we are going to, how you're going to accomplish your will in our lives. And so God, I pray right now, Lord God, I ask you, Heavenly Father, speak to our hearts. Speak to our hearts, Lord. Reveal to us, oh God, those areas of our lives. That keeps us from you breaking through. Reveal it to us, Lord. Let us be a people that cultivate more of your presence. 